What's up, everybody? Back here in the RT Machine studio for episode number 24. This is a special episode today. Um, we have a couple guests here from Frulmac USA. We'll go around the room quick, just tell you, um, you know, who's in the room. And then we'll do it. We always get do rolling. in the room? This, is Eric, this is Eric speaking, Eric's by the way. I, I forgot that last time. Ron's talking over top of him, so. Right, good. Can I get, get in on a little? <clears> yeah, you can get in a little. Yeah, yeah, this is Joe. With Frule Mac USA talking over Ron. <laughs> yep. Got Cody here, RT Machine. Uh, Chris with Frule Mac. You got Ryan as well. Dean's here too. Dino the Great Bambino. Yeah, Dino. <laughs> so let's dive right into it. Um, yeah, we got a kind of a special project and announcement that we're making, and we might as well kick it off right here. We're going to start working with the Frule Mac people. and Well, we are working with you now, but yeah. we're going to start being... Uh, the importer of the select line of yep, uh, select line, Romax Select, we're going to call it, and I can let Joe elaborate on a little bit and what we're going to what we're going to be doing. But uh, we'll be the um, importing agent, so to speak, and distributing it across uh, North America. Correct. And uh, you can tell them what machines we're talking about, particularly. Yeah, basically, it'll be our standard machines that are uh, kind of our bread and butter that we've been making for for many years, but uh, kind of a focused uh, process so that we can build in larger numbers to hit certain price points also uh, keep machines in stock so we're talking uh in the beginning we're talking about the uh the molder feeders which is our our dual feed line uh coping machines which is for your uh, kitchen cabinet or entry door cope machines would be the contour mat uh, line and then we also have uh, flooring uh, flooring and cabinet machines in our random mat uh, series uh different uh uh, configurations but basically uh, the machines that's been our bread and butter uh, mainstay for for a while at Frill Mac but uh, uh, to be more competitive and be more uh, on the market we felt like we needed to have machines in stock instead of waiting the longer lead times that have been more uh, a problem in the last few years and also uh, by doing that we're able to hit better price points so we're kind of excited about uh, what we're going to be able to bring in the market and we're excited about the partnership uh, with yeah. RT because we've had a long working relationship, not only in sales, but also service support. And uh, also you guys have been so kind to let us use this warehouse for a number of years also. Right. Uh, so uh, this just gets us to the next level of, uh, I think it's gonna be a, a good partnership with RT, with Frillmac, but uh, more importantly, it's gonna be a good, uh, opportunity for sales and support for our customer base and give them right. a, a more hands-on focused approach on these particular product lines so uh, this is a pretty exciting day for us to yeah. get this put yeah. to bed and finally uh, uh, we finally got all the uh, all the handshakes made and the babies kissed and get all the, that kind of stuff crossed so, our keys <laughs> and dotted yeah, our eyes. so now we got yeah. the keys of the city and let's go to work. <laughs> let's go to work absolutely yeah everybody together help me uh Cody's kind of going to pick this up and run with it. So if we can all in a unified voice tell him what his job is, is get out and get to work. So <laughs> we, can, we can say that on the count of three. Sell, One, sell, two, sell. three. Get out yeah, and get, get to work. work. <laughs> about, oh, about look, look, Cody's leaving. <laughs> no, no, Cody stays. Hey, we want to finish the podcast first. <laughs> about, about 10 minutes ago, Cody yeah. goes, Joe, you just need to point me in the right direction, and I'll take it from there. And Joe and I both pointed at the door. <laughs> <laughs> we hate to see you go, but we could we could use the room. <laughs> oh, it's a, it's an an exciting new opportunity so i'm very much so looking forward to working with and for full mac to sell more machinery yeah yeah good deal it's gonna be a good deal absolutely so uh just to i think the last podcast you had talked a little bit when sergio was here mm -hmm. that uh full mac just so everybody knows does basically end work i mean you you don't mold you don't do moldings and linear work you do the the end work coping yeah. and and matching and tenoning and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, everything for the end process is our wheelhouse. Yeah. We do other things, but the thing that we do best is anything to do with the end process and where it do, whether it's joinery, uh, so whether it would be, uh, you know, tongue and groove for flooring, whether it's tenoning for furniture or uh, coping and sticking for kitchen cabinets. Uh, and we have a product line to do, basically if it's a kitchen cabinet, we can do the whole cabinet from the sides, fronts, bays, face frames. Right. But uh, our primary 
function is we do in work and then uh we partner and match up well with other pieces of equipment that do lineal and right and other things so uh, uh and we offer products across solid wood has always been our specialty but we do have machines that cross over also into the panel side yeah so right we have a pretty wide offering and you do a lot of custom machinery we do some custom machinery and that's kind of what's made this partnership such a great deal is is sometimes when you're focused on trying to chase that custom machine, you lose sight of actually what uh, makes you money standard, and makes you standard, uh, made yeah. your name. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, you know, the, the dual feed is kind of special to us. It was one of the first machines we built over 69 years ago. Now, is that right? Uh, it, it was basically a motor feeder to double and trim the parts before feeding them into the motor, which gives you all the advantages of. Instead of having four people in the process, you have two because now you only have you have the machines coupled together. Mm -hmm. uh, in the the days uh, uh, you're molding, one of the problems a lot of people deal with is snipe or parts being chipped or something. And so this allowed the parts to be perfectly butt fed with a ribbon, uh, increased the quality, increased the tool life, a lot of different advantages. And so that was kind of what made our company uh, 69 years, and then from that it grew to everything else. So. Uh, and ironically enough, that machine still is one of our best sellers this mm. long. I mean, mm. a few things are changed. Right. Color, yeah. color, yeah. color, color schemes have changed and a few <laughs> other things, but it's still, uh, it's kind of funny. We went, uh, I was out in a little Amish shop out in Indiana and, uh, I saw a machine that they had actually bought from Europe before Fromac USA ever existed. Oh yeah. Is a, is a 1978 model, mm. which, uh, green. Uh, yeah, I was still in school back then. So <laughs> <laughs> that, that was a day or two before I came. Yeah, out. right. Huh. But it was uh, it was kind of nice to see, and it's still running. It was a uh, old, ugly green, and yeah. But uh, so yeah, everything was painted back then. Right? Yeah, yeah. All the old, all the old school machinery manufacturers were obsessed with painting it green. Yeah. yeah. Now it's white, right? Yeah, it's white it's now. Part. Yeah. I guess I never got a straight answer on that, but people say the green was just because it. You know, you didn't really notice when it got dirty, I guess, which the white really shows the dirt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they stay, they don't stay white very long. Mm -mm. <laughs> yeah, I don't really know what the green was about. It just maybe started that way and everybody just maybe thought that was the way to do it. But I probably green was on sale and everybody bought it. Yeah, it could right. be. <laughs> I remember when I worked at Carpenters, we used to repaint machines in the shop. It was always that shit green. Yeah. It's like, yeah. <laughs> everybody loved it. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, <clears throat> matches. Maybe it's the color of money. It just matches. Yeah, everything. there you go. Maybe that's what it was. Yeah, machinery dealers all like money. Yeah, <laughs> there's a used machinery guy down south that still paints his stuff. It's more like the John Deere color, but if, he also doesn't tape anything off. He'll just <laughs> electrical cabinets and all. Yeah, tables right over the buttons. <laughs> get it all green. Well, John Deere green is a very convenient color to just go pick up at the hardware store. Right, that it is. <laughs> So, Joe, tell us a little bit about your background. We always like to get some, everybody gets on here, we like to find out how you got started and what you're doing. And uh, back in the day, got out of high school or college, what did you, how did you get started? Yeah, basically, I mean, I, I like to quote Steve Martin sometime in The Jerk, I was raised a poor black child. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it's, it's funny, but it's not far from the truth. I, you know, I grew up... Uh, uh, dad left her when I was about 12, so I grew up in a single, single family home. Mom raised five of us. Oh. Uh, so it was, uh, you know, got up through high school. And of course, when you grow up like that, college, it quite at the top of the list, getting out there working and making money. Yeah, I imagine so, so. Yeah. So, uh, we actually started working when I was 12 in a gas station and I mowed yards. I had a bicycle and a lawnmower tied to the back and I'd <laughs> ride around town and mow yards and, Stuff like that just to help uh, help the family out. But then uh, I guess I was 17 and I was senior in high school, two credits to to graduate. And uh, I figured out that uh, I needed to make some money. So I just well, screw it. I didn't go back my senior year. I went to oh, yeah. instead. Hmm. And I was 17, so I was too young to run any machinery. So I did roofing. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> you were old enough to get up on a roof. Yeah, I, I, I could climb a, falling off. Yeah, I could climb a ladder and put shingles on. Wow. I couldn't run a woodworker machine. Wow. And then uh, right before my 18th birthday, had uh, one of our coworkers that was on the roof with us. He went to this woodworking shop and he come to me. He goes, "Damn guys, you're not gonna believe it. They got this job, 
You can work when it rains so you don't miss work. And look at my clothes. I get to wear blue jeans and a T-shirt, and I'm not filthy and nasty. And, and I went, damn, that sounds pretty nice. <laughs> so I went in and uh, uh, just newly married and all that kind of stuff. And we, uh, at that time, I already had a, a, a baby on the way. After I was married, by the way, she's, <laughs> but, but, uh, and, uh, decided that I needed to have an inside job that I could get paid for 40 hours instead of two or three days a week. So, hmm. uh, so I went to work at a company called Cranford Woodcarving. Okay. And, uh, they hired me, uh, 335 an hour and work in the warehouse. Hmm. So I went out there and worked in the warehouse and, uh, I've always been the kind of guy that's, I'm kind of hyper and I don't like just doing one thing. So I'd hurry up and do my job and then I'd run over in the rough end and I'd have somebody teach me how to do different jobs so uh, hmm. uh when i by the time i was 19 years old i'd run every machine in the factory including the carving machines the spindle really? routers flutter sanders the whole thing and uh so I'd, I'd got to that point and i'd still go back there and do my job in shipping and go learn that but uh you know back it up a minute i was about a year into it and i hadn't got a raise yet so I'm sitting there going, damn, how long do you have to work for a place? I mean, it's my first time ever working in a factory. Yeah, right, right. So I'm sitting there, damn, how long do you have to work? So the owner of the company come by, and his son was kind of running it. But the, the his dad comes through, and uh, he asked me how I like my job. And I'm going, I really like it a lot, but, you know, I wouldn't mind learning something else or doing one of these other jobs that pay a little bit more money because, you know, i got a baby now, and I'm trying to figure out how to make it on three thirty-five an hour. And he goes, what? How much they pay? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he goes, I'm going to fix that. So he goes in and he tells his son, so I get a nickel raise on my next paycheck. Oh. And, but back then, it puts you in a different tax bracket. <laughs> so I took back uh, $3 <laughs> a week less oh, on my paycheck damn, than I did. Yes. So... Uh, huh. On Monday morning, I walked into the, uh, Terry Cranford's office, and I said, Terry, I said, thank you for the raise. I appreciate it, but could you take that back off? I said, because I can't afford this one. I said, can you just <laughs> can't, save it? You I can can't afford, afford the raise. Can you save it up to you <clears throat> afford a little bit more? Uh-huh. And his dad looks at him and goes, how much raise did you give him? I said, well, I gave him a nickel. And I won't say the word just for his memory because both of them have, have gone on now, but he basically looked at me and said, you type bastard. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I got a dollar raise. Hey, now. And then, uh, so he, he raised me up a dollar, and then uh, Jesse walked back out there, and he I guess I must have impressed him, and I went up there and talked to his son like that. So he asked me, so well, what do you do? I kind of told him, and then uh, he knew that I was, you know, he'd found out I was from a you know, single mom home, and dad had left and all that kind of stuff. So uh, I don't know if that's when it happened or whatever, but he kind of took me under his wing. Oh, yeah. And he started teaching me everything in business. So hmm. uh, in 20, he made me a uh, kind of a department lead over a sanding room. And the first job he gave me was over 30 women in a sanding room. Oh, boy. And, uh, not to be sexist or anything, so all the people listening to this, don't hate on our people for breaking <laughs> me on this. But uh, it was a learning experience I'll at bet. the least. Yeah. A, I'm a teenager sitting here trying to learn about 30 women at once. Yeah, right. And I still hadn't figured my wife out yet. <laughs> so, well, I bet they took advantage <laughs> of you. <laughs> so it was. Uh, huh. So anyway, we we were successful and we continued to move up. And then at 21, they gave me my first plan. I was a plant manager of a, a small division. And then just stayed with the company for a number of years and uh, wound up being general manager. And we had uh, uh, eight facilities and uh, about mm. 350 employees wow. at that time. So we kind of just grew up in it. So it's like uh, didn't really know you were doing more. You just, just picked up another it. job and you just yeah. keep doing it, keep doing it. Kind of grew up that way. But uh, he really took took an interest and made sure I knew how to do it. And, and uh, he was always a hands-on guy. So I never was the manager that would sit in the office. I always stayed on the floor. I drove the forklift and moved material. I, I went out, I talked to every person. I knew who they were. I cleaned toilets if they needed to be cleaned. I moved shit wherever right. it needed to be moved right? and stuff like that. So uh, anyway, that's what he taught me. So that's I've always been that way. But uh, it's kind of funny. But yeah, Before he died, I went to see him, visit him and his wife and stuff you know, after they had sold the company by then. And I asked him, I said, I just don't understand I appreciate everything you did for me. And he's the one that's responsible for all the wood knowledge I have now. Mm-hmm. I said, but I got to really thank you. But why me? All these snot-nosed kids running around and you pick me. Why? He said, well, 
He said, you had something that nobody else could, I could teach. He said, you actually gave a shit. <laughs> he said, everybody else is here for a paycheck and you cared. Huh. So he felt like he could invest his time. Up, and so that's what he up. told me. Yeah, and, uh, nice. So then I had to ask the second question. I said, okay. I said, but why did you put me in that first job with all them women all by myself? Because he left me. He said, go get them, Tiger. And he left. He just me. walked away. And he just grinned real big. He said, son. I figured out if you could do that, they wasn't nothing I could ever ask you to do. You couldn't handle it. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we grew, we just grew up with it. And uh, you know, the company got sold. And, of course, uh, I was with that company for 17 years. And then I went to work for when you and I met. All right. I went to work for uh, Wally Haynes at Master Carvers. Right. He had recruited me heavily for, gosh, damn near a year. Is that right? Yeah. And, uh I don't know if I should tell the story of how I actually went to work for him or not, but long story short, he he would call me three days a week, same time every week, and you knew Wally well. Oh, yeah, he would Wally wear was you down. Yeah. He would wear you down and wear you down. So finally, I went and interviewed for the job, and I made such an outlandish request. I doubled my salary. I asked for company cars and phones. You remember he had the vacation houses in Florida. Yeah, I asked yep. for you know, that. Asked for this. <laughs> wanted to use the house. Uh, yeah. I said, I need all this stuff. And I figured he'd go tell me to get the hell out. He said, can you start Monday? And I said, oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> that didn't work. <laughs> so we worked there until that closed. And uh, so then I was out of, you know, once MasterCard. You should tell some more Wally stories. Oh, about. my God. That would be a what long What about the time, time you, you walked out on him? Oh. You quit. Wally he had chased a you down the road. Yeah. Right? That's a good story. Yeah, Wally had a reputation. He had a hot temper. Oh, yes, he did. My God. I mean, he would blow up on anybody at any time. <laughs> so when, when we started to work there, I'd already been warned that, hey, are you sure you want to work for that guy? Because he's kind of an asshole. No, he's not kind of. He really is an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> and I go, okay, I can do uh -huh. this. Uh -huh. So uh, so I sat there and talked. I said, look, I hear this, and he gets all sheepish because he's the kindest, most generous yeah, guy you could meet. Yeah. And it's like there's a switch that would turn. Yep. And he just go completely, his face would turn red, and he'd just go crazy. See, I never saw that side, yeah. but I heard something. Oh, my God. So I told him, I said, I understand you're kind of like this. And, you know, it was one of the deals before I agreed to come to work. I said, look, I said, I'm not above ass chewing. I said, because I'm going to screw up just like anybody else. But if you want me to manage these people for you, if I screw up, you bring me in the office and you can chew my ass out all day long. I don't care. But don't do it in front of my people. So he agreed and said, and he did that. He, he held to that pretty good. There was a couple of times he'd get upset. He'd walk in the office and come in here. And then, <laughs> you know, then he'd say something and then we'd, we'd move on. And this one particular time we were doing some work for Henry Don for a, a show, of course. We're always against the gun. We're always late at uh, showtime so we're out there doing something and something didn't set right with him or something i don't forget what i'm in the sanding room and he just loses his shit in front of everybody and i just looked at him and i had the keys of the car the keys of the factory in my pocket i just took him and flipped him up in the air and uh he caught him in his hand i said see you dude <laughs> and i walked out the side door i didn't even go to my office because i didn't have anything in there I didn't, I, hell <laughs> didn't i worked at the, no, I, I worked at the plant i didn't give yeah. a shit about my office uh -huh. I walked out and uh, it it dawned on him as soon as he did it. You could see the look in his face. Oh shit! And uh, so he came out. And I, I was walking out the parking lot. I'm I'm headed to the to the intersection. He starts chasing me, Joe, Joe, and I'm going, what? Oh no, I'm sorry. I I don't answer him. Mm. And we walk probably a half a mile, mm. and he's behind me screaming. And I hear him start to run, and I just pick up the pace. <laughs> so, and Wally was kind of a short guy, yeah, so, yeah. so I had I had the stride on him. Hmm. So he he kept screaming and screaming and screaming. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I know I fucked up. I'm sorry. And he finally got close enough to me, and I stopped. And I said, "Okay." I said, "That's one." I said, "There won't be a two. But he he come out. He put his arm around me. He said, Thank you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> walked you right walked back. Walk me all the way back. Yeah. But, uh, I'll tell another quick Wally story. Yeah. And this might offend some people, but whatever. Uh, I was out to dinner with uh, Larry Leapcott and Ian Leapcott. And that was before IRS. We were Carpenter. selling machinery at Carpenters. So we're out to dinner. And Ian was very new to the company, or back to the company. He had gone off to California or something. So we're sitting there, and Wally started telling a story about how he sold 
or how he bought his house. He bought it from this couple who got a divorce. And I don't know, you know, we asked, we're asking questions and why they got a divorce or whatever. He said, well, this guy came home from work one day and uh, his wife was in the bed, not with another man, but with another woman. And he got upset and they got divorced and that's how Wally bought his house. And I looked at him just as straight as an arrow and said, I would have just joined in. (laughs) 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 And Wally's just like, you know, his eyes got real big and Larry's like, holy shit. (laughs) And then we just kind of moved on and then uh, Ian went to to go to the bathroom and Larry looked at Wally and he said, you got to excuse him. He just came back from California. (laughs) 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 That was great. (laughs) Uh, That was a fun time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but it, since since you know why the way he shut his de- factory down in North Carolina wasn't that great for me. Right, uh, I'd worked for him now at three three years, and he was losing money hand over fist before two thousand, and we'd actually got things turned around. And I I won't waste time telling about how that happened, but we got them to where they were finally profitable mm. after bleeding money. Like I mean, he was losing at one time forty six thousand dollars a month. Wow, and we got it turned around. We got the blood stopped, and we were actually starting to make a profit. And, of course, the market's changing during this time, too. So right. I, I kind of, right. looking back on it, I forgive it. But yeah. to, and, and all, I apologize in advance for saying this, but I thought he was the biggest son of a bitch that walked the way he shut the factory down. But later on, I've kind of threw much therapy and lots of drinking. and things like that. <laughs> I thought, Okay, well, maybe he had to do that. Yeah. But, yeah. but, uh, but we, uh, you know, we'd worked there and got things running around. And uh, we had a bunch of work to do for Ethan Allen during the 4th of July vacation. And then it, so he uh, he got me to get a crew together to to get all that stuff out so we could get paid. And we'd already been factoring invoices before. Yeah, I remember him talking. If you remember about doing that, yeah. Basically, you take whatever your ship you, you ship that week. You take the invoice to the bank, and they give you a percentage of the right. money for cash flow. Right, right. So he'd been doing that for a while, which is a huge red flag. I'm going, nah, this yeah. is not good. Yeah, but, that's right. But uh, anyway, he had uh, got through that, so he took off and went. Was supposed to go to back to New York. And said, uh, so he took off back to the New York Jamestown facility. We'd worked through the 4th of July and stuff. So he calls me up on July the 10th. He goes, hey, Joe, I know we're getting ready to go back to work tomorrow. And we used to have a couple programmers for our uh, CNC carving machines that would come in at 9 because they'd work for second shift. They'd work into the night. Right. So he said, I need all these guys to be there. Monday morning, and he's you know talking about how well we did during the fourth, and what a great quarter we had ended in June, and you know he's telling me all this stuff about how proud he was, and so he had me bring everybody in. So July tenth, we all walk in, we meet in the break room, and he walks in with Corky Upchurch, who I knew was the banker of Bank of Granite, mm-hmm. and he walked in and had two big security guard guys, you know about Cody size that I'd never met before, and I'm going, what the hell is this? Yeah, right. So he stands up in front of everybody and goes, guys. Got some bad news. Said uh, we've shut the company down, and this is the bank of granite. We've turned everything over to them, and these two guys here are here. To, uh, you can get your personal belongings, but everything else belongs to company. Leave it here, and they're going to check your boxes on the way out the door. And if you don't mind, you got about an hour or less. You need to, to be gone because we're getting ready to padlock the door. Wow. Well, you know, I got the company car. I got all this stuff. Well, shit, I have to leave it there. I have to walk up. I had to finish Good. the walk. I started. Yeah, party. right, right. Yeah. I had the same walk, but I had to go all the way to the phone booth. Wow. But uh, so, you know, without going into the rest of the story, basically that's how he shut North Carolina down was like basically uh, insurance had been canceled in June. So it was, it was a, I don't know if I can say the F word on here, but I would yeah, if I could. Yeah, yeah. It was totally fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, anyways, that, uh, that's how. I got out of the wood business after a 20-year career in the wood side. Uh, so I was out of work for about a year. Now, Bank of Granite came back to me. They hired me to kind of sort through all the shit that was there. Because we had a lot of inventory, customers' material, tooling, because uh, they were trying to recover any money they could. So, right. so they hired me for about three months. And then mm. after that, it was I was you know, after on the, the market. After the auction, yeah. done. And then uh, this is uh, 2001. July 2001, and probably everybody on this podcast knows what happened on September 11th, 2001. Mm-hmm. So our whole nation changed, and it uh, 
I was, so I basically went for a year without working. Wow. And, uh, so I was just doing side jobs, roofing again, cutting trees, cleaning toilet, whatever you had to do to keep a family fed. And then, uh, so Frommack, uh, actually one of the guys that used to be my engineer had, uh, got a job at Frommack when he left us. Hmm. And, uh, so he was getting ready to go to work for another company. And he said, I don't know if it's got to be interesting. Maybe you are to call him. And after a year, I'd been uh, looking for work. I finally got a job on the ninth, a year later. I'd went to a job, a, a carpet uh, rental place, where you drive these trucks around and you put these rugs down in these convenience stores. Oh, yeah, yeah. Take them back yeah, up sure. and, and you go wander them and yeah, take them yeah. back. So, mm -hmm. so that was because I'd, I'd lied on my resume about all my woodworking stuff because you know, you're a GM, nobody wants, you know, that's my kid's job or we don't need that. And I started lying about what experience I had. I started taking shit off. Right. Yeah. Right. Cause so you had too I, much experience. Yeah. They wouldn't hire. Yeah. I just, yeah. you know, let me run a machine or something. But, uh, mm -hmm. you know, anyway, I wound up doing this. And, uh, so the guy agreed to give me this job and I wasn't sure if that was for me. Cause that's hard. If anybody's ever done, it, that's a hard ass job. Hmm. So I told him, I said, well, let me work for you for free for the first day. See if it's going to work out for you, for me. So I, I did, and I hated it, but I went, you know, I got to have money. So I took the job, and then that night, Stefano Zampari, who was the president of Frillback USA at the time, he calls my house at 7 o'clock and goes, hey, I got your name from this guy I used to work for you. We've got an opening. Think you might fit in. Uh, would you like to come interview for it? I said, yeah, if you don't mind. So I'm trying to set it up after my first real day at my new job. <laughs> He goes, no, I'm sorry, I'm flying back to Italy tomorrow at 10. I need to meet you at 7.30 in the morning uh, or deal's off. Mm. And I'm sitting there going, fuck. I said, I finally got a job after a year. <laughs> now I'm going to be late. I, 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 I already told the guy I was going to work for him. Oh, I don't man. even know this guy. So I wrestled all night. I didn't sleep at all trying to figure out, do I go to this interview and not go to my job or what do I do? So as, since I'm talking to you, you kind of know the decision I'm making. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't really want to be the carpet guy anyway. Yeah, but so I went in and interviewed with him, hired me on the spot, and they made me a sales guy, covered the southeast uh, uh, area, and I'd never sold a piece of equipment in my life. I'd I'd bought a bunch, you know, I yeah. knew you, we'd yeah. done some stuff together, and uh, so I'd bought some and run a bunch of it, but I never had sold a piece of equipment in my life, and I'm scared shitless. I'm going, <laughs> These guys are going to figure out, I don't know what I'm doing. They're going to fire me in like 60 days. I'm going to be back begging for the carpet guy to be yeah. back to work. But uh, no, they hired me. And uh, so I started just traveling. My training process was interesting back then. I don't know how you do it today, but I can tell you how they did it over 20 years ago. They said, here's the price book. This is the area you need to cover. Here's the keys to the car, and I'm moving to Italy. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's that's the ultimate throwing in the water. Yeah, take it water, sink or swim, swim, right? That's it. So that's how it happened. Yeah. But uh, now we started. Now I've been, like I said, over 20 years, and uh, uh, been been really happy with the decision. But um, the thing I think I, that helped me by being ignorant was I didn't know how to talk about gearboxes and bearings and belts and all the things that as metal heads we like talking about, but I knew sawdust and I knew application. So all I do, I talk to the customer and go, Hey, what do you want to do? Yeah. I'd see, I'd see the issue cause I knew I'd, I'd run it. So I'd see the problem in sawdust and I go, Hey, you thought about this and we'd talk about application. Never talked about still today. I don't talk too much about it, but uh, you go in there and talk about the application and, uh, we were successful yeah. uh, immediately and just, really blessed i'm i don't i'd like to think i i'm so smart and so great that the reason i'm successful is that but the truth is i had uh i had an old guy that saw something in me when i was a kid that uh so he took an interest in me and mentored me taught me about woodworking taught me about business taught me about that and then i had a guy that took a chance on me because he wanted to move back to italy <laughs> and, uh, so uh they kind of gave me gave me rain so i sold for frill mac for Nine months and my numbers were, I mean, I'm proud to say, I mean, they were pretty, pretty yeah. damn good. Yeah, good. And uh, so they asked me because they knew I'd been a GM of the company before, uh, so they asked me to take over the general manager role at Frommack. Mm -hmm. And then from then on, it's uh, 
Uh, I hadn't got fired yet. So. Yeah. I mean, maybe after this <clears throat> podcast, you guys might have fucked me over. And I might be yeah, yeah once they hear this, you never know, right? <laughs> yeah, they find out how inexperienced <laughs> I really was. <laughs> we won't send a link to Sergio. Okay. <laughs> well, that's kind of how it all happened. That was kind of interesting. You always told us that in the beginning, you sold the dual feeds and mm -hmm. random at ease and stuff, and that's what, you know, we, we find a lot of them up in this area because... <laughs> You didn't know about double antenners and stuff. I was totally intimidated <coughs> by the big projects. Right. So I learned three machines. is our dual feed, contour mat, and random ID, which ironically enough is what this partnership's about. Exactly. Yeah. You guys are going to go back to my roots yeah. and actually sell the equipment yeah. that made the company who it is. Right. But uh, I knew those three, and I was terrified of the others. So all I did was I looked for projects that would fit in those three machines that I knew, and that's all I talked about. And <laughs> all the other stuff... I got. I had uh, Stefano's phone number. Uh, you need to talk to this guy, and then he would do all the technical stuff. But I just kept banging away, and right. Um, you know, I found a, 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 a Jeff Davidson at Whining really helped me a lot too in the beginning because you know we'd done a lot of stuff with Whining and yeah. was a Whining partner forever. In fact, the very right. first machines we bought, Sergio told you in his podcast how they got yeah, Whining right. and how they grew up. So I went down and talked to Jeff Davidson, and he told me what I needed to do to uh, work with them and how I needed to work with the dealer network and stuff. So he, he, uh, I remember him walking down the stairs, almost like when Trump announced he was going to be president. <laughs> Jeff Davidson walks down the stairs at their Morrisville showroom and says, hey, guys, I'm, this guy's uh, Joe Hammock. He's a Fro Mac, and uh, they're one of our technical partners, and you guys are allowed to work with him which was a big deal. That was like the blessing of the dawn. Oh, is that right? Yeah, that I was mm. able to now travel. Hmm. So, uh, now, Whining didn't, like, you didn't sell through the Whining company. No, we were a separate company, but we were able to sell with Whining. Okay. So, uh, so he was allowing the dealers he was allowing to take their, their time to work with me. To sell your stuff. Yeah. Um, and it was kind of cool because I'd actually owned a lot of their product. I probably knew more of their product line than I did mine, to be honest. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we started traveling. Uh, one of my first sales calls was a guy in Georgia. I won't call out his name just to protect him in case he's listening. <laughs> but uh, but uh, he had uh, sold this ripsaw, and uh, customers uh, agreed that he would pay for the ripsaw and take delivery of it if it could rip a glue joint. And uh, it had to be on an RF press. Mm. So he gets all the samples, so he tells me, I know we're traveling together, but i got to do some work for whining first, and we'll go start making some calls for you. So uh, we go into this uh, shop, and he brings all these samples out, wrapped them up, and the guy put them on the press. First run through, they just fell apart, just like it wasn't even glued. And, of course, the agent's face just is <laughs> lost color. But uh, the press he had was one that I had also at my shop. So I knew how to set it up. I knew everything about it. So I, I looked over at him. I said, do you mind if I set this machine? Because they've got it set wrong for what you're doing now. And he looked at me, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I go over and I made the adjustments from the machine, and the next one came through perfect, the next one perfect. The guy just smiled, and he handed him handed him his check, and he goes, boy, I bet you're glad you brought that guy. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh -huh. immediately he gets he goes out, and I don't know if you know how the dealer network works like this, but uh, they, he got on the phone before he left the parking lot. He'd already called like 10 guys, and, man, this guy saved me. <laughs> you, you need to take <laughs> this guy with you. So I became famous all of a sudden. <laughs> uh -huh. But... Uh, that's kind of how how it all happened for me, but it's just been a it's been a good ride, and like I said, now it's it's kind of cool for me as a dad. Fast forward, just like you, as I get to bring my son into business now. Both my sons work with us, right, right, and uh, so it's the next generation now because I never thought I'd get here, but I'm the old fart now. Yeah, I know. I'm the guy that I'm I about it. these guys don't know anything. <laughs> and now, yeah, I'm amazing how fast that happens. Yeah, all of a sudden you're the old guy. Yeah, I just finally got to figure out what the hell I'm doing, and now it's time to quit. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so uh, well, hopefully, we can give these guys a faster pace on that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Chris is in here with us now, but he's uh, getting a firsthand uh, experience of what's going on and. He kind of lived through all those crazy days. He yeah. He didn't yeah. know all the stories, but he knew Daddy was broke and <laughs> out here. Oh, I knew. Doing, <laughs> doing all this. So, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, he lived through that year of being out of work. So, I think yeah, uh, I bet. it's one of those things that either break you or bring you closer together. And I think we became a closer family during that time. So. That's awesome. Yeah. So, besides so, that, I got nothing else for you. So, uh, <laughs> Chris, tell us what 
your background a little bit. You didn't come right out of school into the company. Um, not really. Uh, no, I went to uh, UNCW, UNCA. Um, I was going for accounting, didn't like it. And then, uh, can't blame you there. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was kind of lost there for a little bit. I was just working odd jobs as waiting tables, stuff like that. And then, uh, he just went through a lot of, he had to fire a few people because of, um, some discrepancies with their behavior at the time. Mm-hmm. So he needed some help and we were in the transit of moving warehouses. So I was doing all the backbreaking, moving all our parts and stuff. I needed um, a mule. Yeah. So <laughs> that, was, that was one thing I was good at. Trying to save your back. Yeah. So, uh, so I helped, uh, process of moving all our spare parts to a new warehouse, um, got everything labeled, situated, and then, he started traveling more and he started trusting me that I could actually help out more too. So I just started picking up the odd jobs, uh, started transferring all the phone calls to my cell phone. So nothing would fall through the cracks. And then right. eventually he, uh, I started getting to know all the customer base, what they needed. And they started getting in contact with me for sp- uh, spare parts when their machines came down to help them, mm-hmm. um, try to figure out what they need. And then, that's where we are at now and now we're transitioning and i don't know shit about the machinery i've <laughs> never uh i haven't seen it run no part numbers yeah <laughs> i haven't seen it ran uh much but i have seen some videos and stuff and then so i'm trying to pick up the next process so right. that's where i am right now and i'm glad that he was able to bring me along and so obviously to me all you guys and then hopefully me and cody can work together well in the coming years and yep. yeah yeah and i think i think your plans for the future is him to start doing the special projects yeah. a bigger project with you yeah. so he'll have to start traveling with you i would assume yeah. eventually right yeah eventually i uh yeah i wanted to be able to support you know this this venture and where it, you know whatever's needed on that and then uh you know one day uh you know hopefully he can take over for me and Take right. over my frequent flyer account. <laughs> right. Go <laughs> uh, <laughs> <tough> for it. <laughs> Tires in the back of planes. <laughs> the more you're around it and the more you see it, the easier it'll be to pick up. I mean, it's not something that's no. going to happen overnight. Yeah. I mean. Well, the one encouraging thing for anybody on this podcast should be if if this guy can do it, any damn body can. There you, <laughs> go. I mean, I, you know, I, I had no skills to bring to the table. It was just uh, – you know, the, I mean, the one thing that I think I've done uh, fairly well, I'm proud of, is I outwork most people. I actually showed up and I gave a shit. Yeah, that's uh, that's my fe- secret uh, ingredient. Is um, when you give a shit, you start you. It sinks in. It you sinks learn. in. Yeah. 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 I've never in my life been a person that worked eight to five or seven to three thirty. I've never a clock never meant anything to me. The project right. meant something. So right. If I'm done with it, whatever time I'm done with it. And uh, I grew up in the time I was raised when you look a man in the eye, you shake his hand. Yep. That's it. Right. And you, you tell the truth. And I'm not smart enough to lie a whole lot because I don't remember it. So yeah, right. That's I gotta, what I, I got to come in and right. it's just the way it is, good or bad. Yep. And, and uh, I never ran from problems. I kind of was kind of stupid like that. I just run head in, you yep. know, headlong into yep. them and f- try to solve them. Sure. And it served me well because I found out the bigger the problem, the more people will pay to solve it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm going, hmm, I need to look for big problems. <laughs> oh, and I'll, I'll agree with you 100%. You know, instead of running away, you're better off going head first at it, you know. Yeah. I, I have bad news for customers. I prefer to go tell them in person as opposed to being on the phone or copping out and sending an email saying, hey, this is delayed or we got this issue or whatever. You're better off telling them in person and getting your uh, ass chewing in or you know maybe they're understanding it's hard to say so my absolute preference is not to have to deal with it <laughs> that's a, yeah. we didn't have the problem to start with yeah, right. i think it, it create it kind of shows your metal how you deal with it yep. yeah because uh, we all have colleagues and in, even in this industry that uh, uh i'm glad they have jobs because it makes sure the rest of us are are still going to be employed for a while <laughs> <laughs> yeah right but, well i think i I want to get Joe to tell the story about his uh, concrete in his trunk. Oh, my God. It's my favorite story. <laughs> have you heard this one, Cody? I have. Okay. <laughs> you've, you've probably I've, not heard I've it. I've never heard this oh one. Oh, my God. This is a good one. Well, you guys know that Frillmac is an Italian company. <laughs> yeah. 
And you know there are stereotypes around attack. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave is, it. I'll leave there, that to everybody's that, imagination yeah. on the call. Huh. But uh, I'm working in uh, working in an office. You know, one of the parts of the job I have sometimes is you have to make collection calls because, believe it or not, some people don't pay their bills on time. But uh, we've been really fortunate. But uh, you know, uh, we've not had to write off very many. We're all, always able to collect. But I had a, a friend of mine come walking in the door, and he overheard me making a phone call. And so he sits in my in the hallway, and he he hears me, you know, you know, when can we expect payment? And they work it out, and they pay, and all that stuff. So he goes, "Hey, I bet that's fun." I said, "Nah, it ain't that fun, but it's not that bad." <laughs> I mean, you got to get paid. He goes, "Well, what do you do if they don't pay?" I went, "Well, they always pay." What are you talking about? He goes, "Nah, man, everybody don't pay." I said, "Dude, I'm telling you, everybody pays." He starts laughing. He goes, nah. <laughs> Wait, you have to you turn them over to collection agency. And I said, dude, you're not hearing me. Everybody fucking pays. <laughs> I said, this is an Italian company. They're not going to not pay. And he goes, well, what do you do? I said, well, if I have to. I said, I make the phone calls you just heard. If I have to, I keep two bags of concrete in the trunk of my car in case I have to come maybe make a pair of shoes for them. <laughs> <laughs> and, he looking at me joking, and I'm not smiling. Uh, I'm looking at him just like straight. So, dude, I ain't kidding. If you don't believe me, go check. So I take the keys of my car. I flip them up and put them in his hand. He goes, go look. Well, what he didn't know is <laughs> that weekend before, me and my wife had done some work around the house. And we had poured some concrete <laughs> fillers for a little patio we were building, and I had a couple bags left over. I'm supposed to, at the end of the day, I'm taking it back to Lowe's to give them back and get my money. <laughs> but it was like perfect timing to set this thing up. I couldn't plan. So he comes walking out, and he opens up the truck. The car sure as hell. There's two guys. <laughs> he's like, let me go. And his face, I still see it today. His face just totally died. And he comes over and goes, Joe, man, I said, I love you, brother. We've been, we've been friends for a long time. Man, you need to get another job. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody go fuck you up. <laughs> Somebody go mess you up. <laughs> then I finally had to break down to tell him, but it was the funniest thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. You're quick with those stories. They come up with stuff like oh, that. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, it was there's a fun a, time. There's a couple more I want to hear, but I hate to like blow out your entire repertoire. <laughs> yeah. I've got three why, stories. Why not? Mean? Go for it. Go for it. Can I um, one more request then? Yeah. When the uh, guy called in and accused you of outsourcing your service calls to to India. Oh, that one. oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Before I tell this story, I have to say, Stefano, when you listen to this podcast, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry to throw you under the bus. Yeah. That, yeah, that was me that rolled that bus over. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we're we're at the same office actually. Uh, we were we're sitting there and. Um, Stefano is Italian-born. He, he's born in Treviso, Venice area in, in Italy. Grew up there, and his, uh, his parents had got a divorce. Uh, mom stayed in Treviso. Dad came to the U.S. from Venice and runs a real successful business here. The U.S. is an accounting firm. He's right next door. He's right next door. Yeah, door. Yeah, actually, actually yeah. yeah. Now, uh, Stefano is your service tech. Service, yeah, everybody. Stefano is my service tech. But uh, uh, at that time, he had just uh, come, he'd come to the U.S., He'd got a job. It's kind of cool the way we met. I'll tell that another time. But uh, he had actually was working with a computer cabling company. They, so we hired his company to come in and run our uh, server lines over ceiling and make sure he could put the stuff in. And he's there, and he goes, oh, you know, in school I used to – he actually had went to Frulmac as an internship oh, yeah? out of uh, trade oh, school. Yeah, mm -hmm. it was just a, a summer. So we're talking. He goes, oh, I know Frulmac. And he started telling about all this. And I went, well, you know, if you're interested – yeah, maybe we could bring him on board, and and uh, he wound up coming to work. Oh, for okay. the Service technician. I didn't. I, for some reason, I thought he came from the factory. No, no, he that. he was here first uh, because of his dad. He came yeah. with his dad. Yeah, yeah, okay. And his dad was our accountant, mm -hmm. and so that's kind of how I hired him to do this job because to his okay. dad, you know, somebody knows somebody that knows. Somebody yeah, right. Oh. And uh, so he came in, and we talked, and I uh, he was working for his dad too, and he and his dad. Uh, Love each other, but they don't work well together. Oh, is that right? So I think I did his dad a favor. Take it all his hands. But uh, yeah, he he come to work for us, and uh, I don't know what happened to him. As Italian speaks perfect Italian, I understand it. 
understands English. He speaks five languages fluently. Oh, yeah? Stefano's a brilliant guy. Mm-hmm. You guys don't know it. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, when he learned English, he I guess the tape he must have bought would have, must have been from India because <laughs> he's got a freaking Indian accent when he talks, <laughs> especially on the phone. And I encourage you to ever call his cell phone sometime and listen to his voice. <laughs> but it's a, hello, this is Stefano from. <laughs> so that, uh, this guy from Louisiana calls in from Lake Charles, already a Cajun accent anyway. So he calls in the office, and Stefano sure, as always, he picked up on, hello, this is Stefano with Freemark Special Woodworking Machinery. May I help you? And the guy says, what? What the hell? And he just slams the phone down on him. <laughs> and so Stefano's sitting across the, the table from me. He goes, hmm, that was weird. <laughs> so also my cell phone rings, and this guy's calling me up. Joe, what the hell are you guys doing up there? I said, is Frillmac getting so big that you can't handle your own service? You're having to outsource all this shit to India? <laughs> I'm going, dude, I promise you, Charlie. I said, this guy's sitting across from me. That's bullshit. That was an Indian I was talking to. And I, I said, look, dude, I promise you, he's Italian. He sat across from me. He goes, no, nah, you're lying. I said, Stefano. He goes, hello. Good <laughs> 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 old uh, Stefano. Yeah. <laughs> so he's, yeah, if you get to listen to his voicemails, you'll appreciate that story even more. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Does uh, a good job for you. Yeah. He's, I tell you, I don't know of anybody that takes more pride. That's one of his endearing qualities is he, you know, we talk about give a shit. Dude, he's got that quality in the, in spades. I mean, he's, I mean, he'll stay there and do whatever he needs to do to to get a job done, and he treats it like it's his own family name, mm-hmm. and that's the way he treats it. So, yeah, we love the guy. And sorry, I threw you under the bus, Stefano. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you a Christmas present yeah. for you or something. <laughs> I know he doesn't like to get up early because the guys over here at Savoy they had a little uh, problem with him coming in. Uh, they wanted him there like six in the morning or yeah, something I, like that. I could tell you something funny about one of my. Fr- one of our customers over in Indiana, he uses he paints with curse words like Da Vinci does in art. <laughs> <laughs> we all know who he is. Yeah, oh yeah, we know. Out. We I know. Mean, yeah. yeah, he came in and he showed up at eight o'clock because yeah, he, he gets there at eight, and the guy says, "You know, our beep 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 shift starts at seven. Why the hell are you coming here at eight o'clock?" Oh, but you don't understand. I have to have the breakfast. <laughs> he goes, what? Well, they make the cookies, and I have to get the cookies for breakfast. <laughs> and he looked at me and said, are you shitting me? <laughs> so the customer calls me and just, and it's to the point, it's so funny. He's trying to be mad, but he's laughing. His right, right. <laughs> he didn't know which one he was going to do, he, right? He comes over and goes, you believe what this MF just said to me? <laughs> so it's that was 10 years ago. We still laugh about it even because he, he'll come in every because he's bought, gosh, I don't know how much equipment he's bought from us through the years. So they love Stefano. Multiple plans. Yeah, he hangs the moon in their, in their eyes. But he goes, I know you guys will be, but not Stefano because he has to have the cookie. <laughs> <laughs> Does he let him come in still at eight, or did he make him come in? Uh, he likes still coming in today because uh-huh. he still likes the cookies. He likes the cookies. <laughs> <laughs> the breakfast at the hotel. But, uh, I didn't know they didn't make the cookies until eight o'clock. <laughs> I, don't, yeah, I think what's funny is I think they make the cookies at night. He takes yeah, them Yeah, they're left over from the night before. But he comes and eats them with his breakfast they, when they start serving. And, wow. So he comes down at seven and has his breakfast and gets ready and he shows up at eight. Well, I heard about it from Andy over here at oh. Savoy too. He's like, what the hell? That's it. Yeah. here at eight o'clock. Like, yeah, the day's already gone. Yeah, as far as he's concerned. Yeah, and what's funny about it, uh, he won't start early, but shit, he'll stay to two or three in the morning. He'll just stay all night long if you need him to. Is so, that right? Yeah, so I mean, how do you bitch at a guy that says, yeah. you can't be you can't be there at eight, but you know, he don't leave That's the problem with either. most woodworkers. They, yeah. they get started like yeah. at six yeah. and then they're out of yeah, there at four, you know. Yeah, he'll stay all night long. Yeah. So, <laughs> but anyway. Very important part of the company, Stefo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I didn't know he spoke five languages. Fluently. Uh, what will really blow your mind about him, you could have, you can have a guy speaking in Spanish, have a guy speaking sport, uh, Portuguese, you yep. can have a guy speaking English, Italian. I forget what his other one is, but, uh, but all of you could be speaking your own native tongue mm-hmm. and he'll on the right on the dot yeah. he'll pick it up he can, he flip, can, that he can flip he can flip that oh, quick between and dude i have a problem with just 
you know, people from Louisiana and North Carolina. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all probably have a problem with me. So I don't <laughs> Not so much you, but I, some, some I, of those I, I uh, guys. Get rough. Oh, my yeah. God, I'm amazed. How, now, how did he go to school to learn that, or how did he learn that? No, you know, grew up, uh, just grew up, uh, of course, Italian and English. Is, they kind of teach you yeah. that. That's mm -hmm. kind of the way it is. And mm -hmm. then his stepmother is from Brazil, so she spoke Portuguese. And then uh, Spanish and Italian is pretty close, so he's yeah. – he, uh, not sure what forced him to do it, but he's completely fluent, which helps us in our business. Sure. Especially yeah. down south. Yeah, right. Uh, right. And stuff. So he just picked that up. And uh, hmm. and his little brother, Gabriel, he's as fluent as well. So uh, it's, wow. uh, uh, those kids that grew up there, I mean, we're blessed in the U.S. You know, basically, we're 50 countries, but we all speak the same language. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Uh, or kind of like. Kind so, of. Kind yeah. of kind A of version of. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah. over there, I mean, their states. Their countries are the size of our states, and right. So you can drive one hour in any direction; they speak a different language. Yeah, it's so, true. It's true. Uh, but they're yeah, almost forced to. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's incredible, and most of the people at Frohmac are like that. I mean, even speak seven. Evelyn, she does seven. Uh, I mean, she go between German hmm. and French, and mm -hmm. you know, it's uh it's amazing to sit there and just hmm. listen. And uh, so you know, every time I talk about uh, talk about that, and I start thinking about. Some of the guys I work with, you know, everybody gets on each other's nerves. And part of me wants to say, oh, that dumb ass. And I'm sitting there, nah, maybe he ain't. I'm the dumb ass. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's <laughs> me. He's, he's a lot smarter than I am. Maybe I need to reconsider before I say that out loud. <laughs> well, they say surround, people with, surround yourself with people smarter than you. Yeah, that's easy for me to do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on that boat, too. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I think anybody got any other questions or any stories you want to hear from mr hammock ryan's been awful quiet i have there. been quiet. you haven't even picked on him through the whole podcast nah did that enough before before, <laughs> before, we before the microphones got on yeah, huh? I, I still waiting on his accountants to change back to where i thought i could talk to him again <laughs> hold his head down the whole time <laughs> still wiping the tears away yeah yeah I, I won't i won't i won't call him out too much but just so we can make a reference on the podcast you know i yeah, I kind of would have thought since, you know, one of his premier lines, the, the representative of that line was going to come in, I'd make sure I had <laughs> something <laughs> that said for old Mac or maybe came in with just regular street clothes yeah. or something. No, Plain not so. this guy. <laughs> he decides, nope. I'm going to wear somebody else's stuff in here, and I'm going to wear it proud. <laughs> How y'all doing? Right on the top of his head. Right on the top of his head. <laughs> well, it's on Cody now to get me some of that good Frohmack gear. I was, uh, yeah. I know Joe's not really looking for the gear. He, he wants orders. Yeah. Yeah. So you got, now you have to go sell something. Yeah, you to sell something. Yeah. I don't know if Frohmack makes truck that's the, only, that's, the only way pay, that's the only way you can pay you back, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I'll never forgive you until I get an order. <laughs> <laughs> better get out the door. Yeah. <laughs> you can either follow or lead Cody. Yeah, I was going to okay. say, they can point to you the same way they did Cody, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we're going to have to get soon headed to the airport. Yeah. You and Chris heading back to North Carolina, try to beat the snow. Yeah, I'm hoping it don't make it our uh, way. I hope I'll just beat it out of here. Yeah, we just got little flurries. I don't think we're getting anything. Yeah, yeah. that was supposed to be done after lunch. Yeah. yeah. Just the flurries, yeah. Yeah. Not to tell you how weak I am, but I'm actually allergic to that. No? <laughs> that white stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah it's cute on postcards, but I don't like what? it in my yard. <laughs> when he called me yesterday and told me he was down at baggage claim, he said, I'm just waiting in here to see you pull up because I don't like the cold. <laughs> <laughs> and it was 46 degrees. I'm like, what? This is a warm one. Yeah. <laughs> And then you made him walk to dinner last night. Yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> and it was colder. It was 35 <laughs> degrees last night. They're shivering. Yeah. Oh, yeah. well. My, my preference is uh, sandy beaches and you know, 70 to 85 degrees and umbrella drinks. So. Yeah. That's kind of how this whole thing came together, right? You, The whole idea was that the, the kids can take over the business, right? Chris, yeah. Eric, and, and uh, Sebastiano, who's not here, but that's Sergio's son. Um, you know, we take over the business so you guys can get together and drink cocktails and just collect a check. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> please don't forget the check. <laughs> we'll take care of the cocktail. Yeah, well, I got the cocktail. <laughs> Sergio brought that up again today. Yeah. At, uh, in the meeting. Yeah. So. I mean, it's it's really, a, I mean, as a as a dad and a legacy and stuff, I mean, everybody's not fortunate enough to, to work with their kids. And, yeah. 
and Chris went somewhere else, and also my son Drew is uh, working on the technical side. But it's uh, it's kind of cool when that all comes together. Sure. But I was really glad they worked for somebody else first, so I didn't screw them up too bad. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they find out what a real job's like, and they go, okay, I'm going to work for Dad. Uh, I guess uh, I've been fortunate. I didn't screw him up. He yeah, just told me what I was doing wrong. Yeah. He fixed it all. So. Yeah, but, you know, it's kind of, you know, in our industry uh, as a whole, you know, I, I, I'm uh, – you know, I do some stuff in the on the industry as far as the whole industry panel and yeah stuff like that with the, the WMIA WMA. and now the WIA. Right. But it's kind of nice, you know, most of the guys in that industry, unfortunately, are, you know, white-haired old white guys that are yeah. kind of getting That's older. Right. And you you start to look back and say, you know, where are those 30- and 40-year-old guys behind us? And uh, Not a lot of them. Not a lot. But it, you, you start to see a few. I mean, there's some – there's some guys coming up, but it's kind of cool to have, you know, your son, my son, Sergio's son that actually right. took a real interest in what we do. And, Absolutely. And, uh, you know, the biggest thing, you know, Chris told a little bit about why I brought him on. And, you know, we had, uh, you know, we had somebody in the office that kind of, you know, embezzled from, from us yeah, and stole you, a little bit of money. Yeah, you mentioned that. And uh, he had an accounting background. So I'm thinking, at least I can trust this guy to manage the money. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I ain't got to worry about him stealing from me. Right. So that was his qualification is I trust him. He's my kid, and I hope he can learn the business. Right. And he did. He's, yeah. he's done really well. I'm really proud of him. But, Good. But uh, he's, uh, you know, now you, that's next step. Like we've got to teach him kind of what we do. Sure. And I think we got a number of years to do that. But, you know, all of us have to kind of look what's after us right if the industry is going to survive and i think it is it's a great industry well i think so i mean yeah, some of the best people in the world are in this industry in my got lots of wood in this country and and it's cyclical you know they're yep. going to that painted stuff now but it'll be back yeah so. and it's always going to be solid wood for flooring and moldings and things like that yeah. so yeah, I think so. So they'll be doing a podcast, you know, in 15 years, talking about these old guys. Yeah. I don't remember their name, but there's some well, old, they can, old guys here. You know, we have this link now. They can just call us while we're on the beach, and yeah. we'll just talk to them on the, yeah. on the podcast. You know, by the end, we may have it in our glass, and we just look at and say, yeah, take care of this. <laughs> Elon's working on getting it. Sure we can do all that. So, so. Yeah. We're, we're, start, think it. we're starting to see some younger faces in the industry. They right really now, are. Though. It's um, kind of it's kind of nice. To it's see. it's awesome, is what it is. Yeah. I mean, it's job security for me. Yeah. Eric, Chris, Ryan, Dean. Yep. I mean, you know, Dean's bringing the average age in this whole room down quite significantly. <laughs> 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 well, even at Frommac, that was kind of cool. If you look at the way they build their equipment and the way they do things, uh, and tell me to shut up when I need to, because we'll keep talking. No, but we can go. For, but uh, we don't have to leave till two thirty, so yeah. we got more time. No, but uh, it's kind of cool to see the older. Uh, older folks there because uh, we've got a long uh, uh, time frame of uh, some of the older employees have been there for a long time. Fromax is 60 some years old. Mm -hmm. So you've got some guys who are 30, 40, 50 years. Which is company. good. I mean, that's. But then you also look at some of our engineers and stuff in their 20s and their 30s and their 40s working side by side with them. And uh, so our average age is probably 40 mm. at our mm. factory, but uh, it's, uh, it's kind of nice to see. That you know, it's not you know. Once we're done, it's we're closing the door. And right. There's yeah. a there's a bright future. Sure. For our company, and also your company. Yep. And uh, how old is Sebastiano? He's with you now. He's yeah, he's, here he's in his he's in his uh, mid thirties now. Too. Okay. Uh, Stefano is uh, thirty. He's forty. Nine, forty. Forty. Yeah. 40. Yeah. Uh, Chris is thirty five. Mm -hmm. uh, Cody's thirty five. Uh, well, you're thirty two. 33, 33. Yeah. I lost so, a year. Thanks, Dad. Yeah, so we could have our, <laughs> hey, we could almost put together our 30 under 30 panel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got some That's guys right. in yeah. Or 30 under or 40, 40, 40 under 40. 40 under 40. 40. Yeah. We got some good candidates. Yeah, there. we do. Yeah, so it's uh, it's kind of cool to see. So. And Ryan, what are you? 28. Yeah. So, he didn't make the 30 yet. Yeah. Don't ask me. You were, Don't ask you were 28 three years ago. Yeah. Well, they say your brain. <laughs> I yeah. forgot him three years. I feel I feel bad about giving him a hard time now about his hat. I forgot your brain really don't start to help. He <laughs> <laughs> just ain't smart enough to sell by that. <laughs> oh, you had to go there, didn't you? He's <laughs> like, I thought we were wrapping this shit up like five minutes ago. All right, time to go to fly out. Ryan almost got out of here. Yeah. <laughs> one more dig. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan will always be 12 in my heart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
He's like, yeah. he's like, didn't that flight say it was taking off early? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if it's no, you guys might need to leave now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fine. All right. Very good. Got anything else? Uh, official announcement coming soon. Website coming soon. Uh, yeah. Well, well, we'll do some publicity. I mean, it is official. Yeah. So, but, yeah, we'll be making some statements. Probably do see if we can get some magazines to put it out there. Mm-hmm. Do it on our uh, website. So, yeah. And then Cody's got to get to work. So if any of you out there see Cody and he's sitting somewhere smoking or, you know, holding up a, a sandwich pro. or leaning up against the side, say, hey, dude, you ain't got time for that. Yeah, yeah. Get, to get to work. <laughs> <laughs> when you see him at Sheets. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> see him out front of Sheets with that cigarette. Don't yeah. get his ass to work. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have Sheets down south. So. Yeah, oh, yeah, we do. Yeah. Yeah. Do you? They do. Okay. Yeah. They're yeah. in North Carolina. They're growing there. down there. Yeah. Start great to. store. Yeah. yeah. There's like three in, in, in our scrap. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, Mr. Sheets, he needs a he needs the money. Yeah, got to grow. I'm glad I'm doing my part to help him out. <laughs> <laughs> I heard when he built his house, it took five years to build it or something like that. Oh yeah, yeah. The convenience store business is pretty good, I guess. I guess so. Yeah, they're good stores though. I like going in there. I don't even talk to anybody. I got that app. Zoom, zoom, zoom. Pay, leave. In and out. In and out. Yeah. All right. On that on that note, let's go get a snack wrap. Till next time. Don't forget to support our buddies at Green Street Joinery by subscribing to the American Craftsman Podcast and their new YouTube channel, Today's Craftsman. Both links in the description of today's podcast.